0: prepared to be inspired as we look at what successful sustainability marketing looks like in 2023. And this is for all businesses, not just those deeply on the sustainability journey already.
1: It's the e-commerce master plan podcast, here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas.
0: Hello and welcome. It is great to have you here. I'm going to start with a shout out. Hello to longtime listener Daniel Greaves, who's head of retail at the trading company of the RAF. Yes, the Royal Air Force. Daniel, thank you so much for listening and for coming up and saying hi to me at Ecommerce Expo. It was lovely to meet you. Almost exactly a year ago today, I announced our new net zero focus back in episode 359 and that I was also very much at the start of the e-commerce sustainability learning curve. Well, I've learned a lot in the last year alongside all of you. Um, We've also made a fair bit of progress in changing our own businesses' activities to use less carbon, especially on the banking front, and got a much better understanding of how I should be helping all of you much more coming up on that in 2023. I've also connected with many brilliant people in the e-commerce sustainability space. And if you thought e-commerce was a supportive community, well, the sustainability community is even more helpful. One of those super clever, super helpful, super insightful sustainability e-commerce people is today's guest, Giles shares my belief that e-commerce businesses have a great power to influence the sustainability narrative and a great responsibility to ensure environmental stewardship from all our activities, all whilst building a successful business, they are not, they are codependent, successful business and doing good for the planet. You have to do both. Now, in today's episode, I'm gonna be picking Giles's brain for his tips on how we can all make a bigger impact faster. We're gonna be starting off with a bit of kind of like why we're both so inspired by this, some interesting things we've been seeing over the last year. So, there's kind of like an inspirational start to the episode. Then we get into some far more practical stuff. Uh, Giles will be sharing what he believes is the quickest way you can make an impact. So If you're not yet doing anything sustainable, how you can quickly improve, make some improvements that make your business more sustainable and have a positive impact with your customers. He's then going to talk about the shift he believes we need to make from purpose 1.0 to purpose 2.0 which actually I think makes purpose an awful lot easier to bring into your business and sustainability, a lot easier to to bring into your business. And then he's going to talk So you'll have heard me talk a lot about transparency and the need for transparency in, so you don't need to be perfect. You just need to tell people what you're doing. Well, Giles is bringing some seriously good clarity, pun intended, um, to what transparency is with his take on it, which is active transparency. He's gonna take us through three key layers to um to achieving all of that. There's there's an awful lot of great advice coming up, which I think is going to be quite quite game changer to many of you for putting together your plans for twenty twenty three. And please do listen to the end of the episode because Giles also has some absolutely brilliant top tips to share with you. And I'm going to then give you my own take on this episode for where you should be focusing based on what you've all just heard Giles talk about. So, um, so yeah, make sure you listen right to the end. You will enjoy it. getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K L A V I Y O.com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's very special guest, Giles Smith. Giles is the host of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast and E-Commerce Coach, helping sustainable brands to build and scale profitably. He's been in e-commerce since 2015, co-founded one of Australia's leading e-commerce marketing agencies, grown an eight-figure SaaS business and created three online brands from scratch, including a mid-seven figures brand with retailer distribution in sixteen countries. Hello, Giles. Hello, Chloe. How are you? I'm good. I'm in awe of all you've succeeded in doing in the world of e-commerce and marketing. Quite frankly,
2: well, I must admit, when, when you when you when you when you summarise it like that, it does sound like a lot. But it's over a very long time. <laughs>
0: But still, very, very cool. So let's go back to the beginning of that time. How did you end up in the wonderful world of e-commerce?
2: Yeah, so uh, it, you know, like like most people's journeys, not a straight line by any stretch of the imagination. I think you know, I I started out life well, you know, started out adult life, I suppose, doing a a, a PhD in earth sciences, and um, and I and I always knew I wanted to do something. That was going to help the world, but i I didn't know what that was. and 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 it took me a long time to get there. and And it was really towards the end of our software as a service business that we that I really realized that I wasn't achieving that mission at all. and 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 so i I thought, I need to do something else, and I need to do something that is going to be in fact impactful for consumers in particular. And so that's where this notion of e-commerce came in. and and I, I launched my first brand in the e-commerce space, really knowing nothing about e-commerce. I mean, you know, I, I I, don't think Shopify even existed then actually thinking about it, but I certainly didn't know about it if it did exist. You know, so it's not like the easy world where you can get a, an e-commerce business up and running overnight like it is today. Uh, so it was it was a very different time, but, but that's what got me into it. And then I guess over the next few brands that I built over the next decade or more, I started to realize that somehow I still hadn't quite hit the straps with what I wanted to do. I you know, I, was, I always reflected back on this notion of, of of the impact we're having in the world that i that i I'd, I'd lived with my heart since since my since my study days. And realized that you know I wanted to help brands grow. I wanted to leverage all the things that I'd done, but then but then help them in the sustainability space, which is what leads me to where I am today, I guess. But it was that notion of wanting to interact with consumers, whereas the software as a service business was a B two B firm. Um, you know, I wanted to interact with consumers that really led me down the track of uh, of ecom in in the first place.
0: It's it's interesting, isn't it? You say about having that desire to do something to help the planet that are kind of, it was explored in your your learning days, and then you just kind of ignored it for a couple of decades. And then went, oh, actually, now I could, now's finally the time. And I feel like, you know, we're essentially the same generation, the two of us. And I feel like I'm increasingly coming across people I was at school with, people I was at uni with, who are going through the same process. We all seem to have ended up in the sustainability space, but we just didn't get round to it for a while. It, is that a trend yeah. you're seeing too?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and and it's, it it's definitely is. And and I feel like, you know, our generation is probably playing catch up a little bit as well. Uh, because, you know, there's there's new brands coming through, there's new there's new entrepreneurs coming through that that have kind of grown up being taught sustainability in school, being being taught about all the horrible things that we're doing to our planet. And then Feeling activated to go and do something about it, and they're living in the world. You know, they're 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 the digital natives, if you like. You know, that grew up with social media and all those things, so they intimately know and immediately know how to do all those things, and they have a have a real deep connection to wanting to make a difference in the world. Whereas, you know, we grew up perhaps in the age of capitalism where making a profit was more important than doing the right thing. And so we've had to re-educate, we've had to rewire our brains to what that's all about. And, and, and I think that's why certainly for me, you know, it it took me a ridiculous amount of time to come to where I am, which, you know, feels like home now, but you know, lots of twists and turns and not really understanding what direction I should go in. And, you know, really, to be honest, for the first couple of years or first couple of businesses, I should say, it really was about, Um, you know, building a profitable business and um, hang the planet in a way. I mean, I never actually said those words, but I never focused on it as much as I should have done. And you know, in a way today in a way, what I'm doing these days is is almost kind of like making recompense for that, I suppose, uh, trying to trying to unwind the, any damage that I've done over the years.
0: yeah, I, I totally get what you are saying, but I want to come back to that kind of that generational mix you mentioned. like the younger guys, they know they've got to do the sustainability, but I feel like it's like I, I think I've said probably multiple times on the podcast now that I think as skilled e-commerce marketers, who know how to grow a brand, who know how to deploy the right marketing at the right time, get the messaging right and all the rest of it. I feel like we now have a moral responsibility to use those powers for good, to promote the right products and to re-educate consumers. And it's it took me a good five to ten years to really get to grips with those skills. Um so I think it's partly down to people like you and me to help the younger lot who know a lot better than we do on the more important stuff, but to help give them that skill set as quickly as possible so they can use all the tactics we've learnt to do the right thing and to accelerate the impact of doing the right thing. And that bringing us broad, trying to, I could talk about the generational thing for like hours, but we should get into what we're actually supposed to be talking about. So I'm going to twist us into that now, which is you have taken on the quite frankly, I think, mad idea. And I'm very thankful you've done it because I just wouldn't have the energy to do this. But you've gone through all you've learned and the best businesses you've worked with, the best businesses you've seen in the sustainability space, you've pulled all of their clever stuff together into a playbook a massive task to make it make sense for everyone coming along behind so why on earth did you decide to do that
2: yeah look it's 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 a great question and and so maybe maybe let's start with with what i actually believe because that will sort of help funnel this into into why you know like why on earth did you do this so you know the the background. You know that, we, that we've come to, to d- already is is that you know I, I fundamentally we you know we can see the damage we're doing to our planet. You know if you if you've been manufacturing in China, if you've been if you've been in the direct to consumer marketing game for a long time, if you've been making physical products, you'll be familiar and you'll probably have seen and cried a little bit secretly inside about all the waste that we're producing. and, and, and that's if we're doing things consciously. So here's the thing, right? I don't think governments are going to fix this problem right they're far too slow it takes too long to make any changes you know they've known about sustainability they've known about net zero they've known about plastic pollution for 50 60 years and and we and you know we're we're just stuck getting them to start scratching the surface with making any changes to help uh, th- this problem now charities aren't going to solve the problem either they're quite good at sort of fixing up small scale stuff but they don't have the funding they don't have the innovation built into them to actually make a difference big corporates could make a massive difference, but their supply chains are so cumbersome and difficult and they've got so many entrenched interests that the reality is that they're going to be reactive rather than driving this agenda. It's the consumers that actually make a difference by what they choose to buy at the end of the day, but individually they're not powerful enough. So it's the brands that educate them. That reorientate them, and then ultimately activate them to make the right purchasing decisions that's going to that is going to make this uh, a planet we can continue living on. And so for me, when I realized that was the case, I knew that brands needed some help because the fundamental tenet with being able to activate your consumers, activate your customers to make the right decisions is being able to communicate with them and message with them clearly right, and to get them on board with what you're trying to achieve. And I knew from years and years of marketing, both in the agency and in my own brands, that, that actually businesses aren't very good at that in fundamental ways. And so what I wanted to do was take a fresh look at the sustainable brands that are out there absolutely killing it, and kind of reverse engineer what it was that they were doing. Were there some commonalities with what they were doing that would help other brands to adopt the same practices? Were there clever techniques? Were there core strategies? Were there tools? Were there approaches to the way that they were thinking about things and doing things that we could kind of formulate up and then deploy again and again in brands to help them grow? And so that was really why.
0: I uh, Just hats off to you. Super impressive. Everyone listening, uh, the playbook is called the Purpose Marketing Playbook. I'm sure we're going to be covering plenty of lessons from it in our chat today and we will give you, or rather Giles will give you, all the details on it at the end. But I will say at this point, there is both a done for you and a DIY option. So whether you're a done for you person or a DIY option, there is a way you can take advantage of all this work that Giles has done pulling it all together. Charles, rather, I would love to wax lyrical on the why for the whole episode, but let's get let's get in some practical stuff. Yeah, you have done all this work working with brands, interviewing brands on your podcast who are doing, doing this, taking the sustainability journey, and who are you know you've pulled together the playbook as well. What is let's let's have a let's start off with a quick win. What's the quickest way a brand can start making an impact that maybe people don't think about doing?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's many ways and and probably the easiest on ramp, I think from, uh, from an e-commerce brand point of view to doing better for the world is, is, is certainly packaging, right? I mean, you know, that's the easiest thing to do. There are plenty of packaging suppliers, uh, now that are using sustainable materials, you know, that are using reusable sachet, uh, satchels and, and all that, all that sort of stuff. Right. So, so from a quick win point of view it's a no-brainer like consumers don't want to receive complicated packaging in the post they don't want to have to work out what to do with it uh, they want you to make their lives easier so you know if if you're a brand now that's looking at what's happening in the world and go yes how can I start this process for me the first place to start is is you know your shipment packaging what do you send your stuff out with and secondly, then, what is your secondary and primary packaging You know, coming down closer to the product itself? And how do you reinvent that to be more and more sustainable, you know, without having to reinvent what your products are made of and all that sort of stuff, which may come later. But that is probably the easiest on-ramp, but that's obviously going to have an immediate impact. But I think the ultimate thing that we need to talk about is building impact directly into people's business models. Because in looking at the really successful sustainable brands out there, we've kind of got purpose 1.0 and purpose 2.0. And I want to talk about that because I don't think many people think about it this way. So the, f- the first thing is purpose 1.0. So this is where we've got brands that are doing good things and then taking a large chunk of their profit and donating it to a cause. Right? So, I mean, probably the classic example, the poster child for this these days, and they're getting lots of acclaim, which is awesome, is who gives a crap? I'm sure everyone's heard of them, the the toilet paper uh, manufacturer. They make toilet paper out of bamboo. So it's not paper, which is great. And then they donate a significant i think it's 50% of their of their actual operating profit towards um delivering sanitation now that's amazing right absolutely fantastic and and you know in their latest marketing materials they talk about the fact they've been able to do, uh, donate 10.8 million dollars to charity which is phenomenal but the problem with that is well there's, there's kind of two problems with it the first problem is if you're a growing brand, if you're a startup brand, it can take a long time to generate profit and then be able to actually have an impact. So we're kind of deferring the impact your brand is having further down the line. We're kind of kicking kick the can down the road, if you like. And and many founders, you know, given that 80% of businesses fail, many founders never end up creating any impact based on that way, right? Even even who gives a crap, of their $10.8 amazing million, ten point eight amazing 1000000 dollars. 10000000 dollars was last year. Mm-hmm. So you put that in perspective of, you know, the scale that they can have doing that way. The other thing is, I think it, uh, consumers are being increasingly sceptical of what it means to donate from profits. Well, what does profit mean? Where, do, What part of the p l does profit come from?
0: There's a huge amount of get out of jail free in there, isn't there? You know, totally. it's like, yeah, oh look, a, a, we made absolutely. a pound profit this year.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, right. And 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 to be honest with you, that it, then it becomes problematic because it because it you you then look at it going, well, we're going to have to spend less on our marketing activities to make more profit, to make more act, to make more impact. Right. So it becomes a sort of self defeating model. But that's where, we, that's where the, the industry has started. But I think the better approach and the one that I'm seeing more and more in the really effective brands out there is in building impact directly into business models. And, and it comes at two levels. So the first one is impact through customers using your products. And so these typically are the uh, sustainable brands that are built from the ground up with a purpose in mind you know, so a classic example that I use a lot and talk to a lot. One of my, one of my favorite Aussie brands is, is zero co. I think they're just about to launch in the UK. If they haven't already amazing, amazing brand. Fundamentally what they do is they make home cleaning products, but they do it in such a way that they, they use um, uh, recycled ocean plastics that they claim out of the ocean themselves through their own projects to make, to make their, what they call their uh, uh, forever bottles. And then they send out uh, in a circular model sachets to refill these things. Right. So, so they're thinking about things from an impact point of view, and their whole purpose in life is to is to clean up the oceans. They're making the products that they make for home cleaning, which everybody needs, and and they're using that at scale to try and take plastic and draw plastic back out of the ocean again, right? So, so in using the products, customers are actually making an impact through the organization. So that's the first one. And then the second one is impact through the order interactions. And we've seen a lot of this, I think, in and it'll be familiar to a lot of people you know this notion of a tree with every order something with every order some element of donation impact with every order and the, that to me is a far more powerful way to have more impact because number 1 you're allowing for that in the pnl right at the top which means that none of your activities are misaligned from actually generating an impact. In fact, the more marketing you do, the more impact you're going to have. It's not the opposite way around, which it is isn't in, in you know, sort of purpose 1.0.
0: It feels a lot more honest, doesn't it? Um, if it's Abs- absolutely. With every order. If you do this, we Correct. are definitely planting a tree. We are definitely donating £10 to whatever it may, or £10 probably a bit much for every order, depending on what you're selling, but it's definitely yeah. happening. I just want to check it. So this is purpose 2.0 is building. Um, impact into your business model, ideally in two ways. One, fundamentally with just the customer using their product. And then secondly, the impact through the order. So rather than a percentage of profits, we're talking something happens with every order. The customer using the product, Co, awesome example. Um, would it also count for, like we had a, a brand on the on the podcast this year called Cheeky Wipes, who do non-disposable baby wipe sets that you use throughout the life of the program. Giles is nodding at me, everybody. Um, And so it would be period pants. It would be all those kind of things, or even a solar powered watch like Solace do, who we had on the podcast as well, that lasts forever. And then that company, they they save an acre of rainforest for every thing. So uh, another example. I just want to make sure everyone's getting this.
2: Yeah, no, it's 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 perfect. And thank you for expanding out the definition there, because you know, impact that's driven through use of the products doesn't just have to be about uh, stuff that you're taking out or stuff that you're repairing. It can also be about stuff that you're not generating and stuff that you're not ending up in landfill. Um, you know, so that so the the example that you gave there of of wipes or uh, or nappies or you know uh, you know uh, period items that that don't end up in landfill because they're recycled, reused, washed, whatever that has impact too. And I think the key thing for either of these two models, whether it's whether it's the we make an impact through the customer using our product or we make an impact through the customer ordering with us. The key thing is that we're explaining to the customer at the point of purchase what impact their interaction with us is going to have. And that is a fundamentally different conversation to have when it comes to explaining how you're a sustainable brand than, oh, yes, we donate some money to charity every year if we make a profit
0: and I like you, you've brought that up because there's kind of two themes. As I said to everyone at the very, very beginning of this, I'm I'm still on my learning journey and I've learned a lot this year about what we need to be doing and how I need to be helping people. And there's two themes that have kind of come through it. One is that is that as brands, we need to be re-educating customers. So the more we talk to them about the what's and the why's, the more they go, oh, maybe carrying a disposable plastic bottle around with me all the time is a terrible idea. And they just just gives them these ideas to do better and fundamentally educate them to do a lot better. But also, it's more important to be transparent and honest than it is to tick every box, which I know is something you're very passionate about, that transparency angle as well, Giles.
2: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think transparency is something that is an absolute essential element of anyone that's even trying to claim sustainability. But the thing is, transparency get as a word, I think, gets gets misused and it gets bandied around and it kind of becomes a blemange of nothing because you, you you end up, you know, you, you, for me, the word transparency, when I first started thinking about it, maybe 18 months ago, it sort of conjured up in my mind, um, you know, big corporates with their ESG initiative saying, yes, we're being really transparent about our supply chain. Right. And and, and so for me, I just smell BS when I hear <laughs> the word transparency. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's unfortunate because, because what that does is it is it tars everybody with the same brush, you know, and then when other brands try to be transparent, they get called out for whatever it is because nothing's perfect. And I think that's really unfortunate. And so, and so great brands doing great work get sort of people come with a skeptical view of whether are they greenwashing because it's what they've been used to by, um, you know, bigger businesses who are desperately trying to value signal their way into the consumer's um, wallet rather than actually making any changes. So, transparency is a big it's it's a big thing and and can i talk about can i talk about transparency a bit more because i I don't i don't want to soapbox about it too much but to me it's actually a really key to communication it's absolutely critical to communication and for me there are kind of three layers to transparency that i'd love people to start thinking about cool and and this is based again off you know analysis of Probably hundreds of sustainable brands at this point, and and the things that they're doing well, and, and it, you know the ones that are absolutely smashing it.
0: So if to so just to check, if we follow these three, we're doing proper yeah. transparency, not questionable transparency. I was going to swear then, but I better not right. swear or Apple will get annoyed with me.
2: Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's it. Look, I, I think I think so. Uh, and sorry for dropping the BS bomb. That's I did okay. say BS. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think so, but but I but I call this active transparency what I'm going to be talking about. These three pillars are what I call active transparency, which kind of gives a nice badge to it to try and separate it off from the ESG value signaling transparency, right? So active transparency. And the first part of that is mission updates. So in a world where you are, you've defined your business model such that the customer is the one enabling the impact, they become the hero, Right? They become the central actor in you having the impact you want to have as a brand. And so if they're the central actor, if they're the hero in your story, it makes sense that you keep them engaged, that you keep them informed, that you keep them updated with the progress that you're making and any setbacks you have as well. Because let's be honest, building a business is not a straight line. And so for that reason, part of active transparency for me is about you as the founder, particularly if you're still a founder-led brand, obviously, taking front stage on video, on, on social media, on lives, on, on emails to your customers directly, personally, telling everybody about what's happening, what you're doing, how you're, where you're trying to get to with your journey, what you want to try and accomplish, and how you need their help to do so. So that kind of mission updates layer is something that I think Traditionally, entrepreneurs have been very scared about doing. And it is a scary thing when you first put it out there and say, "This is what I'm trying to achieve." And here's how I'm going against it, especially when you know something untoward has happened and something bad's happened. But what I've learned from talking to some of the amazing brands that are absolutely smashing it with this strategy is that actually, When you treat people like heroes in your brand story and when you bring them along the ride with you, when you have a disaster, they're the first one that go to bat for you. They're the first ones that come and rally behind you to say, how can we help? How can we fix this? How can we help you achieve that goal? And it becomes a much more engaged group of people that you have fighting for this mission than it would be if it was just an arm's length kind of product transaction that you had in the in the first stage and almost universally when I ask the question to brand owners well how did you find that you know you you posted you had a you had a bit of a, a disaster and, and you posted about it how did you find that they tell me almost every time that that was the most engaged piece of content they've ever created mm-hmm
0: it, it was a trend pre-pandemic. It's a trend ever more so now. Consumers want that emotional, real connection with the brands they're buying from. Plus, they want to be able to talk about you. It's about being able to tell people the story of your brand to make them feel good about the fact they're buying from you. So I, so I love that. So that's number one, mission updates, regular mission updates. Yeah. What's yeah. our second pillar, our second layer, sorry, of active transparency?
2: Yeah, so the second pillar of of active transparency really comes back a little bit to what we were talking about before, but it goes to the next level of saying, how can you show, how can you demonstrate to the customer the impact that they are having through every activity every engagement they have in your brand particularly around buying your products using your products and all that sort of stuff how can you how can you demonstrate that how can you demonstrate the benefits of it and how can you demonstrate how they are adding up their activities to actually make a difference and so that might be as simple as saying, you know, there's, there's some great apps out there uh, now that allow you to kind of show the size of the forest that you've created from the orders that, that the customer has done with you. Right. And, and their own personal little forest with the transparency of saying, where are those trees? You know, that kind of level of detail that actually proves what it is that you're doing, but it does it in a way that makes the customer center stage again. It's not about your brand. And that's the key difference here. It's not about the brand accomplishing it, although it's very nice to go collectively as a community. We've done 34 million trees. What really is powerful is showing at the customer level, at the granular level with their account and with each order, what are they accomplishing for you?
0: Nice. So it's very much you've planted Three trees with your three orders, which has helped all our customers plant ten thousand trees in the last year. Thank you so much for helping us do better. Not exactly. we planted ten thousand trees this year. Subtle but exactly. powerful.
2: Subtle but powerful. This is this is the key message uh, that you've just absolutely smashed here. Is it's not about the brand being the hero. The brand is a facilitator in the and the customer is the hero. There's an app called Green Story, which I think you'll you'll find is very very powerful, which allows you. To tell the story just like you were describing a moment ago, Chloe, around the difference that the the difference impact between our products and a normal product in in ways that make sense to a consumer. You know, and when you do that, suddenly it becomes incontrovertible that you are in fact making a difference and an impact in the world to the point where nobody can really second guess it.
0: It's just proof, proof, proof.
2: Proof, proof, proof. Exactly. But but not just any old proof. It's customer proof. It's what you have done, Mr. And Mrs. Customer. This is the impact of your decision today. And that is very, very powerful. And
0: presumably using a third party to facilitate that. Like here in the UK, we've got ecology who are great at planting trees and giving you banners and widgets and and all the rest of it. That adds a level of honesty to it all and transparency because it's not we planted five trees out the back. They've already died, but we're not going to tell you that. It gets rid of that questioning, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Okay,
0: number three then.
2: So number three recognizes the fact that sustainability is a journey. It's not nobody's perfect. In fact, you know, if we want to keep living here in 100 years from now, we don't need 100 brands doing sustainability perfectly and 10,000 customers buying from them. We need tens of thousands of brands and billions of customers doing sustainability imperfectly. And you can't help but do sustainability imperfectly because the science of sustainability is growing all the time. And sustainability is a monstrously confusing topic, even to people working in the space. You know, it almost becomes a religious debate about whether whether bamboo is better than organic cotton, you know, whether recycling is better than reuse.
0: I think that was one of the earliest lessons I learned on my own journey over the last year was stop trying to know everything. There is no right answer, Chloe. You just got to let that one go
2: that that's right but but and and so the key the key the key message out of that is that consumers as as humans we're led to believe that there is a right and a wrong answer there's black and white but that's not really the case in sustainability and i think in order for us to activate this massive consumers and do what i said right at the outset which is to be the brand that guides them We have to recognize that it's a journey and then invite the consumer on our own journey of discovery towards sustainability as well and share with them the lessons that we're learning as we're learning it, because things are always evolving. You know, there are certain brands uh, out there. So if your brand is someone that is, um, you know, dedicated to helping consumers along their sustainability journey. You know, if you're a if you're a, a sustainable retailer or if you're a service that helps people understand how to recycle better or whatever it is, then you're obviously inbuilt in that. You're gonna have to spend some time educating as well. But it's equally powerful if you're just a, a, a normal brand, if you're just making, I don't know, sunglass cases or um, you know, or phone cases or something, it's equally important to show the extra things that you're learning in the space as you learn them and keep people walking side by side with you because you remember you're the guide and it's but it's not a kind of um, teacher student relationship as in a school relationship it's not education as in pointing the finger and you must and, and this is that it's education going look what i've just discovered look what i've learned this week about this versus this that's really what we're talking around about about education here and that's why we call about we call it out as the journey of discovery
1: E-commerce Master Plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are.
0: Cash is king. Are you tying up your capital with goods that take months to arrive? Wave goodbye to cash flow headaches with trade. They pay your supplier invoices up front and you pay trade back up to four months later. This lets you free up capital to invest in your growth. No dilution, no complicated repayment scheme, just a transparent flat fee for each financed invoice. Learn more or apply to see if trade can help your business grow at trade.io forward slash masterplan. Now trade is spelt T-R-E-Y-D, so that's T-R-E-Y-D dot I-O slash masterplan. We've all reached peak frustration at one point or another with Google Ads. You've created a beautiful campaign with all the right keywords and targeting and ads that are the perfect fit for your perfect customer. But the sales just aren't coming in and you just can't work out which Google Ads lever you should pull to fix it. Sound familiar? Well, thanks to my friends over at Specialist PPC Agency Digital Gearbox, you don't have to struggle any longer. Digital Gearbox take the hassle out of navigating the murky dark arts waters of google ads and right now they're offering a free in-depth account audit for anyone who might be stuck in a rut with their campaigns to improve your google ads performance please book your free audit today at digitalgearbox.co.uk forward slash masterplan
1: it's time for the top tips round
0: Okay. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. Giles, are you ready for the top tips? Hit me. Okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
2: Well, I'm going to give you two. Cool. Because I couldn't help myself. Uh, so the first one well, is... And,
0: pr- and you listen regularly to the podcast, so you know just how many people I allow to get away with more than one book. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know,
2: I know, I, and I appreciate it. And, and because I do listen, I know I'm the first one that I know has cropped up before, but I, I'm going to say it again because I think it's so important. It's a, a book called Story Brand by Donald Miller. And the reason I think it's so important is that it frames m- the marketing conversation... By putting the customer as the hero in the story, and you know you've heard me use that word a number of times today. In our in our playbook, we use the the, the concept of the hero as in the customer as the hero in the brand's mission. Donald Miller talks about it being the hero, the customer wants to be the hero in their own life, and he's absolutely right. Customers all want to have a clear understanding of how your products solve their own personal problems before they'll relate with you and interact with you, regardless of whether you're a sustainable brand or not. And so for that reason, I think it's one of the best books on marketing I've certainly ever read.
0: Loving it. And your second book?
2: And the second one is what I think is probably one of the best books on leadership that I've ever read. And, and you know, having managed teams from just myself all the way up to about 125 people uh, in the SaaS business, Uh, Leadership is critical and it's never more critical than when you're leading consumers in this journey as well. And it's a book called Multipliers by a lady called Liz Wiseman. And the fundamental tenet of the leadership challenge in there is is to lead by asking questions and drawing out the best out of the people that are following you rather than telling them what's happening all the time. Because in that way, you absolutely you, you you coach, you you engage, and you allow the people to be the best that they can be. And I think for me, that was a it was actually a quite a turning point in my own leadership journey back in the day.
0: And I love that idea of thinking of yourself as leading your customers. I haven't heard anyone else talk of it in that way. And I think that's such a key insight based on everything else we've been talking about today. So little bonus tip there for everybody. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either the prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
2: Yeah. Okay. So um, there's a bit of a theme building here probably, but for me, the biggest thing that we should think about with traffic is understanding our customers but not just understanding our customers. Cause I think most people end up writing an avatar description at some point, and that's cool, but understanding where particularly for sustainable brands, understanding where the customers are, what they need in both their functional problem. So why do they buy the product in the first place? The product they're buying, what problem is they've got they're trying to solve, but also their sustainability problem. Where are they in that journey? How sophisticated are they? How much help do they need? Understand that really fundamentally and then overlay that with the reality of what's happening in the world today. You know, three years ago, before COVID, things look very different to during COVID. Now, coming out of COVID, we've got cost of living crisis and everything else hitting us. That changes the level of, of importance and changes the dynamics of what's happening for our customer. And we need to understand that. And so for me... The biggest traffic top tip I can give is for people to truly understand their customer, number one, but then revisit that probably every quarter and see what's happening in the world and see what new layering you need to put over that. Because nothing will kill your traffic than a tone deaf message.
0: Yeah, it's another sign of how the creative and the message is now so much so crucial you can't just chuck a facebook ad and up and expect it to work you've got to tailor those messages i love i love that take on it uh giles okay tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day
2: yeah so i'm a bit old school i will admit um we use, uh, we do use tools like um, Asana and Trello for, for sort of team um, communication and, and collaboration. But for me, and you, you can see this behind me, but I know the users won't be able to see that, uh, the listeners won't be able to see that. But I one of the best things I ever built was a whiteboard wall. And so every time I walk into my office, my whole back wall has got all the stuff strategically that I need to do and a rough plan for when I need to do it. And then over the top of that, I then have a, uh, just a, an A3 weekly planner that I note down all the sort of the ad hoc stuff that inevitably comes up in a business that you've got to deal with that week. So my, uh, behind me is all my strategy stuff. And then on my desk is all the sort of really tactical things that I need to get done. And for me, that gives me the instant visibility. And if I, if I forget something, all I need to do is turn around and go and stand at the whiteboard wall, and maybe I'll just rub something out and add something new on. For me, that's, that's really helped give me clarity with what I need to achieve.
0: And is your whiteboard wall lots of whiteboards or the uh, the, the the super cool thing that is whiteboard paint? Uh,
2: well, it's actually whiteboard paper, so it, it just came in a roll that we just stuck onto the wall behind us. Yeah,
0: I had not heard of whiteboard paper. Oh, it's amazing! Because <sighs> I know people who've tried who've done good things with whiteboard paint, but sometimes it doesn't work the way you want it to. But I'm guessing that's eliminated with paper. Ooh. Oh, oh totally. dear, that's yeah. what I'm. I'm searching for after this interview. Right. Okay. Sorry, guys, back on track. Uh, the growth top tip. If you met someone today, Giles, who is focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
2: Yeah. So if you're, if you're sort of around about 100 or if you're in in the low hundreds, what that sort of tells me typically is that you're Business has got a reasonable handle on how to acquire customers. You've probably you've probably focused on one platform, and you've probably it's probably starting to work for you. So that's great. So keep doing that and keep scaling it. But at this point, for me, the game is absolutely 100% shifting to customer retention and repeat purchasing. So if you want to grow from a hundred to a thousand. Especially in a in a direct consumer brand, you're going to find that the profit and cash flow are absolutely critical to getting you there. You cannot scale like that without a really strong cash flow, and you're never going to get a really strong strong cash flow if all you're doing is acquiring new customers all the time. It's just not possible in the in you know with in the day and age that we're in now, with you know Facebook ads and Google ads, everything, all the all the cost of marketing going up. You're not going to be able to grow that way. You're not going to be able to fund inventory unless you have this repeat business, which of course essentially is free uh, from a marketing point of view. And you've got that engine room there. And I think the extra little bonus tip I'm going to throw in here is that obviously there needs to be some sort of metric that you're managing when it comes to repeat business. And most people use LTV. So lifetime customer value, right? Most people do that, but I think that's a mistake because I've never met a business owner who truly understands what their LTV is which makes it a completely useless metric.
0: It's another one of those areas where you can have a big debate about isn't it? What what what's your definition of customer lifetime value or LTV or CLV? You can you can debate what three letters you're going to go with. So yeah,
2: yeah, correct. So what would you yeah, what
0: would you use instead Giles?
2: So for me the key metric is ACV which is annual customer value. How much money is the customer going to pay you in the next 12 months, in the marketing period, in the PL period, if you want? And because that does a couple of things. Firstly, it allows you to tie the actual customer value back to the marketing spend you've got in the current year. And secondly, it encourages you to get your customer coming back faster. There's this, you know, this whole notion of our lifetime value. Maybe my customer will stay with me for three years. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, really, you know, Sales now are always better than sales in 12 months or 24 months time. So if you can get them coming back to you again and again, the faster and more often you can get them doing that for you, the more habitual it's going to be. And of course, the more tied in they're going to be to all the messaging that you're doing around your mission and all the rest of it, the more likely you're going to be to actually convert them into into the hero in the brand that you need to have an impact. So for me, ACV is the metric we should all be targeting.
0: I love that. Time-bounded and doesn't rely on getting focused on calculating the cost, which is the bit where most people fall over when they try and do um, a CLV or LTV type thing. Um, Giles, those were amazing top tips. Thank you very much. There's one more thing I have to ask you before we say goodbye, which is, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media and tell us a little bit more about the Purpose Marketing Playbook?
2: Yeah, sure. So, yeah, like we talked about, the Purpose Marketing Playbook is, as far as I'm aware, anyway, the the, the only program in the world, the only framework in the world that's been designed for sustainable brands specifically to clarify your messaging, to acquire new customers more effectively and to turn them into the heroes in your mission that you need them to be if you want your brand to have an impact. So. It's a unique thing that we've built, and it comes in kind of two flavors or two streams, if you like. there's a there's a there's a done with you program, which is where we sit with you over twelve weeks, and me and my copywriting team structure everything with you. we We pick your brains in hours and hours of sessions together over twelve weeks. So it's quite intensive. but what what comes out of that is, the playbook implemented on your website, in your email sequences, in your marketing materials, and all that sort of stuff. And and while you need to give us your brain for that period of time, we do all the work for you. And then the other one is essentially the PMP online, which is a which is an online course where where I get to yabber at you for as 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 many hours as you can stand. And you go through and you implement each lesson has a little implementation piece off the back of it. And then we meet weekly uh, to get back together and and I help you and give you some guidance and, and check in with you to make sure you're going okay. So there's 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 two different flavors to it if you like. And so so you can find us at uh, sustainable-ecom.com and if you want to add on to the end of that uh accelerator is the done with you program and then PMP online is the well online version the the self-paced version.
0: Awesome. We will add links to all of that in the show notes for all of you. And um, you guys are hearing this. If you're listening to this as it goes live, you're hearing it in December. I'm going to guess an awful lot of people are going to be in contact with Giles in January. So I would contact him now if you're going, I need that. Get in before the hordes do it in January. Um, Giles, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been great, both just waxing lyrical with you about why this is all so cool and so important, but also just loving the, the Advice you've given everyone really, really game changing. So thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you, Chloe. It's an absolute honour and a privilege to to appear on your show. I've been listening to you for years, and uh, and it feels it feels like a, a really important moment for us uh, here at Sustainable Commerce that we that we've appeared in your show. So thanks for inviting us on.
0: Our, our pleasure entirely. Thanks, Giles. Wow. Um, how inspiring is Giles and what he's been working on? Uh, I love, love what he's put together in that playbook. It's going to be hugely powerful for helping you get what is the most amorphous and difficult parts, I think, of delivering on a sustainability mission um, sorted out with those programmes. Loving his definition shift between purpose 1.0 and purpose 2.0 purpose 2.0 being make it fundamentally part of the customer using the products we went through a whole load of different examples there but and there are there are myriad there are many 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 of those but such a different piece then the customer can become the hero of the piece and then secondly, tie the additional impacts, so that profit, that charity aspect to the number of orders that happen, not to the profit percentage. That puts it again, kind of in, in the control of your customer and it's far more transparent and less open to scepticism than doing it to profit. So I love that. Uh, then that those three kind of layers or pillars of active transparency those ways in which you're going to communicate about what you do, which are going to create those stronger relationships with your customers, educate them along the way and help them help you grow your business. Uh, We had the mission updates. We had demonstrating the impact the customer is having. That was the, you've planted three trees with your orders and all of our customers have managed to plant 10,000 trees. That was that example. Uh, And then thirdly, that really the education piece that this is all a journey of discovery. So sharing your journey and helping your customers learn alongside you so much in that episode. And um, if you're at all intrigued and you you, you know if you want Jars's help with all of this, then go and check out his playbook too. You can get your hands on our notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or use our short link ecmp.info forward slash the number of this episode. And that will take you straight to the correct page on the website. It's like the fast track route. Once you get to the website, you can add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business, of which there are many. We share stuff every week in the newsletters. And thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a lovely week and don't forget to keep optimizing.
1: Thank you for listening to the e-commerce masterplan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com/podcast.
0: If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power, and if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.